Welcome to Cocoon, the podcast for wellness coaches featuring wellness coaches. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Sutherland. Think of Cocoon like a warm, supportive hug that you can listen to because after all, wellness coaches need care too. Well, welcome to the first episode of Cocoon for 2023. And for our very first episode, we're so lucky to have Soraya Saraswati on as our special guest. And Soraya is a yoga therapist, meditation teacher, author and musician with more than 40 years experience in the field. So welcome, Soraya. Thank you. It's lovely to be here, Karen. Thanks. So let's start at the very beginning. So how did this all come about for you? Because you've, you've been working in this space for a while now, uh, but where did it all begin? Well, my first career was actually as a dental therapist <laughs> in the Northern Territory. And I was working in Darwin and Arnhem Land. And I, I met a couple of swamis while I was up in, in Darwin and started practicing yoga. I actually went to adult education classes and pottery was booked out. And so I, I opted for yoga. Now that class, that one class changed everything for me. Wow. Yeah, I, it was quite <laughs> a stressful job being a dental therapist, which is a specialist yeah. working with the teeth of, of, of young children. And I specialised with children who were afraid and, and uh, in trauma. And when I worked out in, in um, Arnhem Land and on some of the Aboriginal uh, settlements out there, you know, we couldn't even get the children to come into the dental caravan. So I would often sit in the paddock scraping out caries and putting temporary fillings in for children oh, and, wow. and and doing my best to teach them a little more about nutrition and, and looking after their teeth. So I was quite, by the time I was 21, I was quite burnt out and I had moved to Catherine and I was living in Catherine in the Northern Territory and this was a long time ago in 1981 and I received a, uh, a snail mail about a yoga teacher training course and decided... Yeah. I quit my job quite spontaneously and went, I'm going to go and do that because I need it for myself. At that stage, I wasn't intending on doing anything else. I just felt I needed to know more about this fascinating science. So, yes, I went off and, and eight years later, I ended up leaving that yoga centre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did the month yoga teacher training course and went, yeah. wow, there's so much more to this. And, you know, I had a deep thirst for, for understanding some of the deep um, ancient philosophies and, and the mysticism surrounding it. And I was healthy and happy and I felt like, oh, this is me, you know. So I, I, I did stay quite a long time. Oh wow! And then From after everything happened, yeah. yeah. What happened after you after you left? <laughs> well, at, at twenty nine, I decided you know I wanted to actually have a family, so I did leave and married and had children. 
during that time, I studied naturopathy. I studied herbal medicine. Uh, I had a thirst for knowledge about health and healing. I continued to teach yoga and, and ended up having four children and um, practiced right through my pregnancies. So, of course, I ended up teaching pregnancy yoga and mums and bubs yoga and, and, and many, many different aspects along the way. Unfortunately, my first husband died and I ended up as a single mum. Uh, and, of course, self-care was a priority there, raising boys on your own. Uh, and they, had, they, they were very energetic boys. <laughs> and, uh, so I continued on with yoga and uh, continued with my studies, uh, went on to do yoga therapy. And, and, you know, accelerating through the years um, came to 2020 and all the goings on in the last couple of yes. years. Yes. I became more and more fascinated with trauma. And I guess this was kicked off by some deeply traumatic experiences in my own life, losing a husband, a son and a brother to suicide which, you know, when something comes in threes, it makes you sit up and, and take notice. And I felt like I was being directed to help people uh, with their mental and emotional health and well-being. And I've always been the eternal optimist. Uh, but, you know, when my son passed, I was flawed. I was absolutely devastated and went through a, a, quite a deep period of grief and I really drew then on the ancient roots of, um, of the yogic philosophy, of my naturopathic understanding, of the self-care that I'd learned through meditation, yoga nidra, relaxation, to, to really bring myself back to life again. And during that time... I, I had an amazing awakening and so many different epiphanies that helped me uh, to learn to live in present time and to be with what is, with deep acceptance and gratitude. And I ended up writing uh, my memoir seven years after Prem, my son, passed and shared that I actually called it Shining Through from Grief to Gratitude because I'd landed in this amazing heart space uh, where, of course, that sadness will always have a little place in my heart. Uh, however, I felt free, joyful and grateful for the time that we'd had together. And... And I wanted to share that with others because uh, I saw that, particularly suicide, it's such a sticky form of grief. It's, it, it can be surrounded by a lot of um, trauma and shame and blame and, and the emotions can be very, very um, heightened for people. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I worked with... Um, with lived experience through and became aligned with some suicide prevention um, 
amazing, amazing uh, facilities for a while. Roses in the Ocean was one of them, and did did a did a hike through through uh, the Northern Territory to raise money for that cause. That was all part of my my healing, but then. I wanted to give back because I knew that my son wanted to give back as well. And so I began, particularly in earnest in, in 219 and 220, to work specifically with trauma. So I, of course, I'd studied TRE, trauma release exercises, which were developed by David Baselli. I'd used them myself during my own healing period. I started to facilitate groups in that and, and just saw the relief that people um, had without needing to go into the story of their trauma, but just somatically getting that relief. And marrying that with yoga nidra, with mindfulness, with my yoga practices, I started to see wonderful responses in my clients and and that fills me up yeah yeah that's quite a story and what a story of transformation um that's amazing and i wanted to ask you because um you do you will be doing these sorts of practices at your awakening hearts retreat and part of the mentorship so why don't i think it's a good opportunity now to to tell us about that because it's coming up very soon I am so excited about sharing this, Karen. It's 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 like um, the cherry on the cake for me. It's putting, <laughs> you know, the last forty plus years of my work together, and offering offering that. And you know, way back, if I had had access to this package, oh my goodness, you know, life could have been very different. But of course, we need and we grow through through the challenges that we have in life. So the Awakening Hearts mentorship came from observing with a lot of clients and students that they'd come and do a course with me, they or they'd do some private sessions with me, and they'd be really inspired. Things would improve for them. But then they might move away or their space change or their time schedule change and they'd fall back into their old patterns again. And I realised that we actually need uh, to be almost holding hands uh, sometimes with someone who can just inspire us and, and take us along the path a little longer and then once we're established in a self-care program and a, and a self-realisation program uh, that's integrated into our daily life. It's not a thing that's out there that we, that we go to or, oh, I go to my class once a week. No, I've integrated those lessons into my life. I feel now that I'm, I'm you know, I would love for people to feel that they can sit in their heart and feel self-love and experience, you know, loving kindness toward themselves first. And then, of course, everyone else around them reaps those benefits too. So, so I put this uh, a retreat together as a, as a sort of a kickstart. And then from there, we go on uh, with six months 
of mentoring and ending in, in another retreat at the end of that or toward the end of that. But each week there'll be an online sharing There'll be a sharing group. I'll, I'll record meditations. I'm also a musician with my amazing husband who's a, mm -hmm. an incredible flautist and composer. In fact, many, many people would be using his uh, meditation music uh, in, their, in their clinics, etc. So we're going to have a whole package here so that people will have access to that in their own time. Uh, they can come here for the retreats, but they can perhaps if they may live interstate, I have a couple of people interstate who are, who are going to be attending, they can go home but still feel linked in every week. Um, and those for those who might miss a week, that will all be recorded so they have access for that. They also get some personal consultations with myself and we develop our personal care programs, which I'm quite passionate about as well. There's so much to it. I could I could go on and on, but I think that gives you the bones yes. of what people will be receiving. And so the the retreat will be at your beautiful property, Mangalam, but you just go there for the day and then you get to stay nearby and there's lots of beautiful places to stay nearby um, as well. So yeah. Sunshine Coast hinterland is, is absolutely lovely. All the beach is not too far away either. Lots of Airbnbs around here. But we'll have three full days here. I've got an amazing Ayurvedic uh, caterer who's going to do delicious um, food for us. So we'll uh, really be looking at nutrition as well. I'm also an Ayurvedic health coach. So we'll be looking at you know, our body types, our doshas and and what foods nourish our bodies, you know, our, our very different bodies. Um, that's another aspect of the retreat too. So even the food that we'll be eating will be nourishing our bodies. Yeah, well, it sounds amazing. And so um, you can see here at the bottom of the screen is the website that you can, um, you can visit to find out more about the um, retreats and, and mentorship. Um, that Sarai's offering. So, yeah, so it looks like an amazing offer. Um, and I wanted to ask you, so you're dealing with very heavy topics uh, in terms of um, working with people in, with their trauma. And, and what do you do afterwards to, I guess, boost your energy levels or to, um, to also um, recover yourself, you know, because it, you, you are giving a lot when you are helping people with, with such heavy topics. Well, it's interesting you should ask that, Karen, because I don't make it heavy. Oh, good. Wow. Good. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of laughter that goes on, even yeah. with these topics, uh, because we're, we're looking at ourselves in a non-judgmental way. With the TRE trauma release, we don't have to be talking about stories or rehashing our pain. We're really working somatically, and that actually can be quite a joyful experience. It's, it's. Um, I mean, sometimes there's tears, but there's a lot of laughter as well and a lot of release. But for me, myself, every morning for me is sacred. So I have my sacred mornings. I don't take consultations or see people 
uh, before 10 o'clock in the mornings generally. So that's my sacred time and I get up early. So I've got hours to myself and I usually start with, you know, my hot lemon and, 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 and uh, filtered water and I go and I, we have a, a, an amazing garden here. So I go and sit in nature and just connect with the earth and with, with the energies of the trees and the flowers and I listen to the birds because it's usually around dawn and then I do my meditations, breath work, pranayama and then I usually go and uh, have a cup of chai and then I go and sit in nature again. <laughs> and then I do my uh, asana, my stretching, my yoga stretching. I also do qigong tapping. Um, and uh, once I've done that, I connect in with my darling husband and we wander around the garden together. And then finally I'll have breakfast <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then and then I'm ready for the day because I've had my sacred morning. Yeah. So you set yourself up for success. Um, and then in the evenings, be before I go to bed every night, even if it's raining, I'll take an umbrella. I like to wander under the stars. So my husband and I will go out and, and we spend a lot of time together but, very often in silence. So I spend a lot of time in silence and we walk, we'll walk under the stars. I just like to see the moon and the stars, although sometimes it's cloudy and you don't see the moon. <laughs> or the stars. But you know that they're somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but you still see the silhouettes of the trees. Sometimes you see a possum. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just that reconnection with the great cosmos that's around us. And yeah. the earth that's beneath us. And what, what do you wish you knew? Because you've, you've, you've got some great experience in the field. What do you wish you knew at the beginning um, to sort of help you to, uh, I guess, um, avoid burnout and, and, and care for yourself uh, when you're giving so much to others? Hmm. Good question. I don't need to please anyone but myself. And I need to love and honour myself exactly as I am in any moment. Yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people forget that. That I think sometimes you're just so wanting, you want to help so much that you forget yourself. Yeah, it's like you know when you're in the aeroplane and they say you know with the oxygen mask that comes down, you know, give it to yourself, then put it on the baby. Yeah. Uh, we can give so much more when we're energised, when we're calm, when we're relaxed, when we're joyful, and then it just flows and it's effortless. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. My and I think many of us, uh, particularly women uh, in, in the time that I grew up, it was we're not quite good enough, you know, that I'm not quite good enough yes. and I'm still you know, working with clients, that's the one of the biggest programs that they're running subconsciously is I'm not good enough. Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. It's like, hold on, we're all the same in this and we're each of us perfect, perfect. And if we can understand that and then start from um, 
start from there with love. Yeah, 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 that's a beautiful reminder. Um, I, I wanted to ask you too, because you're, you're quite active on social media, but how do you strike that balance? Because you can, you, it can take up so much of your time, you can get sucked right into it. Um, how do you maintain the balance? Um, so you're, because for your, your business and the services you offer, you need to have a presence on there, but how do you not let it overtake your life and, and what you do? Great question. And I think this is where a lot of people waste a lot of time. Well, I don't look at my phone first thing in the morning. Having, you know, raised uh, quite a few children and watching young people now, often they wake up and uh, the first thing they do is reach for their phone. Well, my phone goes on aeroplane at night after a certain time and it stays on aeroplane until I've had my sacred morning. Then when I'm ready, I will uh, check a couple of things because I also keep in touch with family through um, messengers. So, you know, there's a, there's a family group there as well. And I, I'll do a couple of posts perhaps and then I'll leave it. A couple of times I'll check it during the day, um, but I'm certainly not on it all the time. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. It's some, uh, there's a lot of social media that can be quite detrimental. I try and keep all my posts very positive and very real. You know, we're real mm. people. Yeah. You know, we don't look like Barbie dolls. We're real. And because I love permaculture gardening, I've often got my hands in the dirt. So, you know, I like to, to share a little bit of that too and keep it as real as possible and as honest as possible. Yeah, that's great advice as well. And um, now we're sort of <laughs> at the end of, well, beginning of February now, um, did you work out? Some people would use have goals that they want to achieve during the year. Do you, are you a goal setter? And if so, what would you like to achieve in twenty twenty three? I don't set goals as such because I like to go with the flow. And mm. sometimes we have an idea, and then it just doesn't work out. You know, yeah. the flow the flow isn't there. So. I think it's important that we're flexible enough to see that rather than, you know, bashing our head against the wall. So I had a deep feeling and I'm excited about sharing the Awakening Hearts mentorship and those people that join that mentorship, I really want to give them my absolute best for the next six months. And then I'd like to uh, continue that on so that will be something that I'll offer again for six months and so on mm. and build build that and grow that so that we have a beautiful Awakening Hearts community yeah. and a whole lot of resources that people can use because I, I, I feel there is a great awakening to a higher way of heart-based kind living and mm. self including self-care and so a lot of people that come to me are actually carers or therapists themselves and if we all hold hands and support each other then we can change the world you know yeah. we can make the world a better place now i think that was a song 
Yeah, yeah. But that's a good goal to have too, isn't it? I always like, hear these little riffs once I when I say something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but so good. so yeah, I don't set goals setting in in um you know in Your cement. Yeah. I'm doing the awakening hearts. Usually we run an India retreat towards the end of the year, and if there's flow for that, that will happen again this year. Um, next year, it looks like if if everything's clear, um, Terry and I'll be going back to work in Europe again. And what happens in between and around that? Let's just let the magic come in and see where the universe takes us. Yeah, that, that that's great advice too. Just let it all unfold. Yeah, be with it because if if I have an idea the way my life's going to be, the uni- you know. I, I say the universe, consciousness, whatever, God, you can use any word you like, but yeah. there's a greater force than this. <laughs> what is it? I heard this saying from a Swami, actually. They said, um, nothing makes God laugh harder than people with plans. <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, I'm open, I'm listening, um, and, and I... I work intuitively and I encourage other people to as well and not get too fixed on the way things are going to look because it's even with the Awakening Hearts mentorship, you know, new additions might come in to to fill that bouquet of flowers flowers or that offering and make it even more juicy for people And, and I'm excited about that too. Yeah. Yeah, and then my, my final question to wrap up our chat is uh, what advice would you give to new practitioners in the field to avoid burnout, to making make sure that they, they're looking after themselves and that um, they're not giving too much? Mm. I would say develop a self-care program that fits into your lifestyle and that could be anything it has to be something that you love something that makes you your heart sing something that helps you to feel connected grounded and and rejuvenated now that could be walking on the beach you know I know some therapists that are surfers so they have a you know make sure they go surfing three or four times a week that might be walking in the forest. For me, gardening is another one as well, just going out into the garden. Not at the moment because it's too hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, spending time in nature. But making sure you actually set that time aside, like I've got my sacred mornings, you know. Mm. Otherwise, if you think, oh, I'll just fit that in, no. Have a time slot that's yours and that's not negotiable unless there's an absolute emergency, that's your time. And take care that you don't let old habits like scrolling through social media eat into mm-hmm. your time. Make that your your sacred space. Yeah, more great advice. So thank you so much for being our very first guest for the year. And, um, yeah, so we'll look forward to uh, seeing what happens at the Awakening Hearts retreat and mentorship so thank you so much Soraya 
And um, we'll be back um, next month with another episode of Cocoon. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. That was wonderful. Thank you for listening to Cocoon. Join us next month when we hear more from wellness coaches on how to stay well in a profession of constant giving. After all, wellness coaches need care too. Thanks and see you next time.